0: In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Nobody loves me, everybody hates me, guess I'll go eat worms. Growing up, whenever my sister pouted about not getting her way, she would plop herself down at the dinner table and sing this song in response to being asked why she was unhappy. Over the years, it became one of those inside family jokes. Whenever someone was asked or told to do something they didn't want to do, they would simply sigh and say, Guess I'll go eat worms. It was a realization that though we did not want to do the task at hand, there was no getting around it. You might as well get to work and get it done, though we were not so noble to do it without complaint. Jonah is not without complaint. God has told him to go to Nineveh and preach a message of repentance. Jonah, however, is not amenable to God's call to him and instead journeys in the opposite direction, attempting to outrun God. He ends up putting others in harm's way, getting swallowed by a whale, spit up on the shore, and finally, begrudgingly, acquiescing to God. He goes to Nineveh, the arch-enemy of Jonah's people. The Ninevites have turned from God. They have gone the opposite direction in following other gods. Jonah is called to preach a message of repentance to them. And they do. They repent. The people of Nineveh, who are not Israelites, who do not know the God of Jonah's ancestors, put on sackcloth and sit in ashes in an act of repentance. They turn from their evil ways, and God changes his mind about the calamity that he has said he would bring upon them. Jonah's worst nightmare has come true. He has succeeded in his call from God. Jonah, in his disappointment and frustration with God, then goes outside the city to sit under a bush and pout. You can almost hear him singing, nobody likes me, everybody hates me. Jonah doesn't simply sing about eating worms. He tells God, it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah literally wishes he were dead rather than live with an experience of God's grace that has offered salvation to so many others. Sure. He ran away from home, his boat almost capsized, he got swallowed by a whale, vomited out on a beach, had to walk across a foreign city for three days, proclaiming, repent or die, sat under a small bush that got eaten up and then under the sun, and now everything seems against him. I wonder how different his experience might have been had he just gone to Nineveh in the first place, had compassion for others, accepted that God's grace is an all-inclusive grace? Jonah, nor the Israelites, have accepted the fact that they do not have exclusive rights to the kingdom And this is where Jesus enters in with his parable this morning. Jesus knows that God's grace and mercy is available for all, and so he tells a parable to his disciples about laborers in a vineyard. The ones hired at the start of the day are paid the same wage as those hired at the end of the day, and that offends them. They complain to the owner of the vineyard, grumbling against the landowner that the ones who have worked this last hour have been made equal to those who have borne the burden of the day. Notice that they are not complaining about the wages given. They never say, you owe us more, or even we worked harder than they did, so we should earn more. They complain that the landowner made them equal to us. Equality is the offense, not fairness or socialism or standards of labor practice. Equality is what offends them, being made equal. To them. Just as Jonah is offended by God's saving act of grace for them, those that Jonah sees as lesser than himself, so too the day laborers in Jesus' parable are offended. Jonah's and the laborers' complaints, though, seem to offer us some legitimacy. The Ninevites were enemies of the Israelites, after all and we don't expect our enemies to be treated the same way that we are. The laborers hired early in the morning had worked longer and harder than those hired an hour before quitting time. If anything, this parable expresses the unfairness of it all, the unfairness of God's grace, and we are offended by it. We resonate with the complaint that those hired early in the morning have done a full day's labor. They are entitled. They are deserving. Those who are hired at the end of the day are not entitled. They are not deserving. And besides, if this is now the standard of labor practice, we all know how many people are going to show up early for work tomorrow. (laughs) The joy is that though offended, neither the laborers nor Jonah disconnect from God. Instead, the opposite is true. They complain to God. They enter into dialogue Jonah with the Lord and the laborers with the landowner. They express their dissatisfaction and they are heard. God may not agree with them, but God does not cut them off or punish them for their questions or their anxieties or their frustrations. God hears them. And then God paints a picture Of a new perspective, an inclusive vision of the kingdom. We aren't told whether or not they accept that vision, but we are given to understand God's motivation. The kingdom of God is for everyone, it is all inclusive. As I think about the workers who were hired early in the morning at 9 a.m., at noon, at 3 p.m., at 5 p.m., I am struck by the landowner's question of them why have you been standing here idle all day long? And their response, because no one has hired us. It is not that those hired lady, later in the day were lazy. More likely, they did not appear as strong as the men hired first. It's a little like captains picking their teams at recess in elementary school. Of course you are going to pick the best players first and save the worst players for last. The landowner has hired the weakest laborers at the end of the day and treated them the same as the strong who had been hired at the start of the day. Mind you, this is not an everybody gets a trophy kind of grace. It is a grace that says everyone is worthy. Those who have stepped up and dug in, as well as those who showed up late for the party. Those who agree with us and those who differ in their beliefs. Those whose lifestyles mirror our own, And those who live lives we have trouble comprehending. God's grace is generous to all. It is poured out upon all of us in equal measure, Baptist and Episcopal, (laughs) black and white, male and female, gay and straight, neighbor and stranger, the first and the last. And yet, sadly, some of us are mortified and offended by that grace. Today marks the start of our annual stewardship campaign. Some of us will give because we have been taught that we are to give to the church and work to a tithe of 10%. Some of us will give because we have been blessed by the church and see its value to our own family and to our own lives. Some of us will give because we want to be part of something bigger than we can imagine or provide as an individual. Some of us will give to ensure a legacy, a church that will continue to nurture and encourage Christians in the building up of an all-inclusive kingdom. Some of us will give because we know the church transforms lives and we want to be a part of that. And all of us will give in response to a generous God, a God who has given us more than we deserve more than we might be willing to give in return. But we will still give as a response to that grace. We can choose to pout and sing songs like Nobody Loves Me, Everybody Hates Me and eat the worms of dissatisfaction and disengagement. Or we can choose to give to God As God gives to each of us, we can choose to be offensive in our grace, giving in such a way that is unexpected in the world, even to ourselves. The parable that Jesus tells us this morning is one of equality in the eyes of God, it is also one of choice. We can choose to be laborers who rise early and get to work, giving fully of ourselves and expecting fully of God. And at the end of the day, we will receive our salvation along with those who have labored only an hour or two. Our labor will be the work of a lifetime. And though our salvation is no different from any other, The joy and fulfillment we have in the work that we have done gives to us meaning and encouragement that sustains us in all of our labors. It is the joy and encouragement that continues to build up the kingdom, a kingdom in which all are included, a kingdom of belonging. We don't have to sit under a bush that withers and sing songs about fuzzy, wuzzy worms. We don't have to grumble to a landowner who has treated us as he treats everyone. Instead, we can respond to the grace of God with gratefulness with joy, and with thanksgiving. Amen.